0: Hey everyone, welcome back to the Create Initiative podcast, a show that brings you insights and techniques from people in the creative world. We serve to help fellow creatives connect, learn, and grow. I'm Jason Evans, and with me is Kyle Lee. Kyle, my man, how's it going? Holla. That's that good, huh? So you're still, have you figured out the, uh, the tech or tech dilemma? I, I noticed you threw a CH in there.
1: I have not been able to figure it out. It's
0: an ongoing mystery.
1: It's I think just, the the secret is going to be figuring out what to Google. And so tell me and what do I need time. to do.
0: And then what's great is if you Google it enough, Google will figure out you're trying to find an answer and then they'll go find it for you. So there just has to be enough people looking for it. So if you're out there and you want to help us differentiate between tech and tech, uh, Start Googling it and let us know what you find out.
1: Several people from Google probably listen
0: to this. I assume so. Yeah, Yeah, I was looking at our uh, podcast analytics the other day and uh, heavily, heavily United States of America. Not a lot of worldwide uh, interaction, but there is someone from Queensland, Australia, Hmm. who has listened in the last uh, month. So got that going for
1: us. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah you know what we didn't even talk about what last time what was wwdc cd dc what is it apple's event
0: oh apple's event that's
1: true man now we're gonna be
0: way behind uh what do you think about the cheese grater
1: oh that is awesome
0: it is what do you think about the uh, thousand dollar stand for the thousand dollar
1: stand was dumb the display is amazing.
0: <laughs> it was it, It's like this emotional high. Oh, this computer, it's its everything you ever want. Oh, yeah. the display, I eh, probably don't really need it, but it's really cool. And then here's the stand for $1,000, and that roller coaster went straight down the hill.
1: Yeah, the thing is that a 32-inch 8K display, I feel like you wouldn't be able to tell Yeah. the difference.
0: Yeah, It, it definitely not. A, I mean, five, I'm sure
1: it would look amazing. Yeah, yeah
0: but definitely not $5,000 difference. Yeah. So yeah. The
1: Thing it, I'm most excited about iPad OS.
0: Yeah, where it's it's its actual own.
1: Yeah, essentially it took a huge le- leap forward coming from a mobile operating system to almost being like a desktop. Yeah, almost. And so I'm I'm really excited. When I bought my iPad, I was anticipating that. Yeah. And,
0: and then you can do a, a display. Extension, Yeah. Which wirelessly, is awesome. which is really which
1: cool. For we're going to try to use that for... Uh, we'll see what it's like for our youth room down there. We run Vista, but we don't have the lighting board for it. Yeah. But if you could have an iPad, you know, because Vista has the virtual boards on there, mm-hmm. you can click with the mouse. But if you had an iPad as your secondary yes. display, Touch then you could actually use it just like we do in our main auditorium. Yeah. Um, which would be pretty cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Overall, it was... Uh, pretty exciting. I mean, there's a lot of good stuff. Uh, the, the, that computer, the, the new Mac pro, um, I mean that, wow. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. My only cynical part in me is like, well, I know if anyone knows anything about PCs, like you could build that for half the price, but it's just, for me, it's a windows thing. I just can't stand. Yeah. You could build
1: it for half the price, the power wise, but you wouldn't have access to some of those good creating tools that you yeah. want. Yeah. I mean, you could have, you could have access to Adobe suite, which is very, very good. Yeah. Um, but things like logic, like the demonstration they did in logic yeah. and uh, things like uh, final cut, if you're still using final cut, Yeah. Um, which maybe they'll start beefing up final cut a little bit better or changing it. I use final cut forever until they just finally, the updates weren't good enough and yeah. The one thing I do like Final Cut better on is all the text editing. The text is it's way easier and smoother to add in and yeah. edit than it is in um, Premiere.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll give it that for sure. And Premiere's tried to make it better. Um, they're they're moving there, but I think they just had other priorities. Yeah. Um, but but yeah. So overall, it's pretty cool. I mean, it's a that'll be a very powerful machine. So I can't wait for
1: you to get one. No, I I will not be getting one. You Although. Won't? It's a great investment, because look, it can run a billion eight k screens or whatever yeah, you know was what it I mean? fourteen or something yeah. like that, <laughs> and so it's essentially future proof, yeah for quite a long time, yeah, because yeah, and in our type of work at churches not hardly hardly any churches run ten eighty yet on their yeah. screens, yeah. let alone four k and so, and because it's just not worth it. Yeah. Because you sitting out there at the distance you are or the size of the screen, you can't tell the difference between 720 and 4K. Yeah. Your eyes can't unless you get right up next to it. And so, as all that technology gets cheaper and people start having 8K LED displays instead of a projector and a screen, you know, you could have essentially used that computer for the next. 10 or 15 years. Yeah, I which mean your laptop if, will not last you that long.
0: Yeah, a laptop wouldn't um, that thing definitely you should be able to get a lot of usage out of. And yeah. it's it's a, a machine that you know a lot of times you want to separate all your elements. And yeah. I think you still would, but if you were in a in a tight location budget-wise or space-wise, you could potentially use the same machine to like maybe push your stream and do pro presenter or something like that. Um, you know, it, it would probably be powerful enough. Yeah. Now, I know all the stream purists out there are immediately shaking yeah. their heads. But. Well, they've
1: proven that those pros last. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've had, we have several around here, the, the old ones, not even the trash the can ones. The old towers. Yeah, yeah. And they're running, I mean, just because they have the, the power to do so. Yeah. I mean,
0: they're, they're like 87 pounds. Yeah.
1: They, yeah. they're like a little refrigerator uh, <laughs> just humming over there yeah. in the corner. But,
0: yeah, I was a, a TA in college in grad school. Whenever those things came out, and we installed them in our one of our video production suites, and so it was like I think there were like fifteen units in this in this room, and had to haul those up three flights of stairs. Um, phew, those are beefy. Yeah, beefy things. So this one, I mean, it's definitely gonna be a smaller form factor, but I bet it's got some weight to it.
1: Our our lab in college, our production lab had the big IMAX that had the swivel head.
0: Oh yeah. 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 And so it, a little nice.
1: old. Yeah. Um well it's But when I it, could still play YouTube, which is what I did to <laughs> most classes.
0: YouTube was just born whenever I was taking class in college. <laughs> so um, you know, that was back with what's a YouTube?
1: Yeah, that was back um before the internet and Yeah. Yeah, re- it,
0: really, it really was. Well, uh, Kyle, before we get too far down memory lane, uh, today is a special episode because today is our listener Q&A episode.
1: Brought to you by
0: Gap. Uh, brought to you by our blog post, The Gap, which was posted a few weeks ago. So if you haven't read it yet, go to creativity.org and you can check it out. We are not sponsored by the company Gap, yet. contrary to what Kyle we might, are might on the cusp. <laughs> well, Kyle, uh, you know, we, for, for a few weeks, we posted on our website that we're taking Q and a listener questions, um, to, to be asked on the air and then hear, uh, your wonderful opinions on the answers. And so we, we got a few questions that came in and we have four that, that we're going to go through today. And, uh, we may have some more that we'll go through, you know, occasionally from time to time in future episodes. But, uh, Kyle, um... They were some good questions, some real make you think questions. And so I feel like we need to disclaim that, um, you know, we we will do our best to answer, but it may not be the best answer. So you always want to check with your legal counsel and uh, spiritual advisors and things like that.
1: And our views don't necessarily reflect, reflect the views of GAP.
0: Exactly. Or I guess at some point, even the Create Initiative. Oh, yeah. Um, but, but definitely not the, the GAP. Yeah. Definitely not. Only for the sponsors. Yeah, definitely, definitely uh, not the sponsors uh, views. So opinions are our own. Well, Kyle, uh, here is the first question. And I think this is a good one to get off the runway. This comes from Connie Black. And she asks, when you are creating, whether it be graphics, writing sermon series ideas or whatever, do you like to work in the quiet or do you like to work to a playlist? If work, if you work best to music, what specific music inspires you the most?
1: Hmm. That depends. Okay. Uh, if I'm video editing, I can't listen, be listening to anything in the background. Yeah. Um, at all. I don't know. I just, it distracts me. Uh, obviously it would be the same for if you're having to edit, edit anything audio wise. Yeah. Yeah. You (laughs) wouldn't want some conflicting music. If I'm doing some graphic design, uh or or any work like that um my my go to is normally either lo-fi hip hop okay <laughs> which is just little hip hop beats that just go on forever yeah, yeah um or if it's cold outside i like to listen to some old school jazz just just going you know when i don't it, i don't like that only have, when it's
0: cold outside
1: yeah it just reminds me of like new york city you okay, know okay okay Whenever it's the dead of summer here, and you walk outside and you're fried like an egg, that's just not very jazzy. Oh, well, that's true. That is true. And so, I don't, I don't ever really listen with lyrics if I'm doing something. Okay. Because I'll find myself distracted by the lyrics, want, uh, wanting to. I'm a big lyric guy, so yeah. I'm just wanting to sing or think about those lyrics the whole time. Yeah. Um, I don't listen to worship music because. You never know when I'll just break into worship and that's distracting <laughs> have a for, the, for the job. Yeah, You're going to get rowdy. There's no time for that in, uh, in creative. <laughs> no no, no, no time. time. No space for worship. There's no time for praise breaks. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, I think that's interesting. I honestly am all over the place. So it, it is 100% by mood. And like, uh, there's an old Seinfeld episode where George is packing for a trip and he brings like five suitcases and Jerry's like, well, we're only going to be gone for three days. And he's like, I like to pack by mood. Mm-hmm. And so, or, or dress by mood. That's kind of how I am with music. So generally, uh, like you said, anything that's video or audio wise, you know, I'm not going to be listening to music. Um, doing other design work, I'll, I'll kind of just wake up and by the time I get to the office, I'll know what kind of mood I'm in. And some days it's uh, new music, like I'm trying to I hear someone release a new album. So I'll just put that on repeat a couple times, try to blast through it. Uh, the lo-fi beats, I, I pick that up quite a bit. I'll do some classic piano occasionally. Um, usually I'll do that if I'm doing more like Writing, like if I'm creating content, some Chick fil A soundtrack, yeah, Chick fil A you know, stuff. What you hear in the bathroom at yeah, Chick fil A, exactly. Um, so I'm kind of like you. A lot of times I don't want lyrics because I don't want it to confuse my brain. Um, but me being the old soul I am, I also, uh, routinely throw in a lot of old school, uh, Dylan, Stones, Beatles,
1: Michael W. Smith, uh, Michael
0: W. Smith, Amy Grant, Steven Curtis, Randy Chapman. Stonehill, things like that. Yeah,
1: yeah, Petra.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, so I, I am admittedly all over the place, but I do almost always listen to music while I'm working. You ever there, listen to
1: audiobooks while you're working?
0: I No, because I need to... Uh, I can't do it. I have to pay attention. Yeah. Yeah. So it, when I'm in the car, I don't listen to music. I only listen to podcasts or audiobooks or something like that.
1: That's mindless. Yeah. I'm, like when I'm driving, I'm not thinking about anything. Yeah. yeah. Like, so I, need I don't something. even realize that I'm on the road. Exactly. <laughs> I leave the house and the next thing I know... You're here. I'm there and I've listened to a whole book.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and uh, it helps me engage while I'm driving, so I like that. But if I'm trying to create, engage what? Engage my brain.
1: Oh, so oh, you like engage like your inner race car driver. Oh no no like, no, um, not 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 in the least You got Dave Ramsey in your <laughs> ear, just telling you how to be more frugal, and you're just like, yeah, that just revs me up. And yeah, you, yeah.
0: Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what it is. Not all of us have but, a
1: two-hour commute every morning like, like you I do. do. Yeah. That's
0: true. Um, but in the, the creative space, it's always music. Because if it's somebody talking, because I'll even think, like I'll see something on Twitter and it's like, hey, check out this quick podcast with so-and-so. And I'm like, well, I really want to listen to that. And I'll listen to like
1: three minutes of it and I can't. Yeah, I no just com- can't do it. No comprehension. Nope. I've, it's like, normally if I if I start an audio book while I'm doing something, it's like you hear the first part, this is audible. And then I'm doing something blah, 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 and then all of a sudden you're hearing in that says Audible. Like I just heard the whole thing. I don't know one you thing. Have no idea book, what happened. What the book was about. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So uh, I think we we agree on There's that. There's tons so. of
1: lo-fi hip hop out there. Spotify has a great playlist called yep. Workplace Chill or something like that. Yeah. Um, YouTube, you can find uh, lo-fi, uh, lo-fi hip hop. You just type in lo-fi hip-hop and there's a lot of live like channels that'll just play it 24-7. Awesome. And so uh, some of those you got to be careful because although there's no lyrics every once in a while, there might be like some background person <laughs> saying some stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And so.
0: Always, uh, yeah. You always got to be careful. Ready for that mute button. Yeah. Um, but so hopefully, Connie, that, that helps answer your question. Uh, that's a good curious, curious question. So uh, here's question number two. And this comes from Crystal Hahn. And uh, Crystal asks, as the creative arts director, how do you let ministry departments like women's, men's, kids, and students have creative freedom to dream for their ministries, but also keep them within brand for their events, social posts, emails, and spaces without either creating a a bottleneck going through the creative department or coming across as micromanaging?
1: This is a full question. That is a big question. I think the easy answer. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because there is an easy. Answer the easy one. answer. One one of the the easier things that would be helpful in a situation like that is communication from the from the get go. Yeah. Um, clear communication, clear. Um. I don't know what the right word is. Hierarchy, of final product for yeah. each department. So if if the creative director, um is the final say on the anything that anyone sees on any screen in any department, then I think that that should be communicated up front. Yeah. Um, and then I don't think it would be perceived as micromanaging as much as it would be, be perceived as macro managing. Like that's your job. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but if I know that a lot of situations, um, that's not communicated clearly. And so maybe the kids pastor thinks, well, I have the final say of whatever's going to be on this Mm -hmm. screen for right here. Um, which is fine if that's you know if that's if he does, um. But I I think I found um that. I think that I found that the communication is normally what causes the bottleneck more than anything. It's yeah, not necessarily yeah. um, a difference of opinions as much as it is uh, a difference of people thinking that their opinion is the one that matters the most
0: yeah like the uh, lack of clarity yeah in in expectations and then uh, like you said hierarchy or, or whatever like I, I think the the difficult thing for for people in the creative director role or worship leader role or whatever sometimes the challenge becomes you need the senior leader to say hey this is what we're doing and this is why we're doing it and sometimes you can't get the senior leader to to do that, yeah, and so there's all these vagaries and and all that. So I would just say, like, at some point you would have to have a conversation with your senior leader and say, "Hey, I just need to know what you want." Yeah, yeah. Everyone, and, on it's board, not even saying like this is the way I think it should be, but like we just need to know how you want it to work.
1: Everyone on board needs a vision to follow. Yeah, yeah. and so if the senior leader says, "Well, I w- I'm really wanting it to look just like this," or "I'm wanting it to be exactly like this," then you know, opinions aside, I'm going to do as the creative director, I'm going to make it towards this vision. And if you oversee all the creative aspects of all those other ministries, then you're helping them get to that vision. Now, if he says, well, whatever you think looks best, I don't, I don't know what looks best or not he, he or she, whatever. Um, if they say whatever you think looks best, then it opens it up. You can you could, you feel free to say that to someone else, like, well, whatever you think looks best for kids. Yeah. I would, I think deferring a lot of times if you're not the, uh, I'm not a kids ministry person, you know, I've never, I've never, um, led a kids ministry. Uh, I don't know necessarily what works in kids ministry graphics wise or something like that. I wouldn't really know. Um, And so outside of like helping set up some like lighting or audio, I've never had a ton of input on, um, all the kids graphics should look like this. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I think the main, the main part as a creative director and that aspect should make sure that whatever they're doing, they're doing it with excellence. when it comes to the audio, the video, the, the lighting, that it's doesn't look like it's thrown together. Yeah. Um, that it's cohesive even if it might not necessarily be a, uh, some like your preference, you can still tell, well, that was done well. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's like styles of houses, you know, you can look at a ton of different houses and you see some that are really nice houses, but they may not necessarily be your style. And, but you're not like, oh, that's a crappy house. (laughs) Yeah. Whereas other ones, you see some that they, they just aren't, they aren't done well. Things aren't finished well. And that would be like, you're not going to buy either house, but, uh, But you would still appreciate the one that was done well. Yeah. It's just not your style. You could live in one of them. Yeah. You would not live in the other. Yeah. Yeah. And so.
0: Yeah. And I mean to the bottleneck question, and you mentioned it to me, it just always goes back to communication. And so even if you're at a at a situation where you don't have the, the the top down, you know, say that this is who gets final say or whatever, communication is still just abundantly important. And so if, if, you know, your day to day is to oversee what happens on the weekends, and then you've got someone from the youth department says, Hey, we need this graphic by tonight. The, the expectations need to be clear of, you know, how long out, you know, what's the lead time on this? When can we get it done? When is justifiable to outsource it? Or when is it justifiable to say, sorry, we're not doing it or we're not doing it that way.
1: Yeah. And as a leader, a a higher leader, you have to be okay with, people under you saying that to other people mm-hmm. that i think that a lot of times that doesn't happen um if someone is coming to your graphics person saying hey i need this tonight please and your graphics person knows that there's a system well 3 weeks out or however many whatever the yeah. timeline is yeah. and your graphics person's like sorry i can't get it done and then you try to go to your graphics person and say no just hey just make an exception yeah. get it done that yeah. time that's that's that creates room for an unhealthy yeah relationship between maybe you keep the pastor and your graphics yeah. person and or the two people. And so,
0: or even you and the graphics person. Yeah. It's, it's you know? like,
1: Oh, well, what are all these boundaries for?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So it, that's definitely a tough situation. I think it's contextual. It's always different in every church, but uh, I would just fall back on communication and clarity is essential. And whether that comes from the top down or whether the senior leader has given you the ability to make that call, even you communicating that to all the other departments. Yeah, uh, make sure you do it clearly
1: and in a way that is consistent. And knowing up front that we're all none of this is for, well, my design or your design. But yeah, yeah. It's to further the ministry. Yeah, and yeah. I think if we. It sounds like the Jesus juke answer, but if you, you know, if we went into it with that a lot more often then, well, I, my design looked better or my design yeah. looked better or this, whatever, then, uh, which is going to be most effective for the gospel. Yep. Um, and I think it's hard to have that attitude sometimes yeah. as creatives. It is because it's, uh, it's
0: personal. Yeah. You know, it's, we put our heart and soul in it. Well, here's our next question. This comes from a friend of the podcast, Denton Field and Denton asks, at what point do you believe it's okay to discuss a side project with church congregants? Do you publicly share your work right away, or do you maintain some discretion? Also, at what point do you should you discuss a side project with your pastor, leader, or management? Would love to hear your take on this. Side project. Does this help? Project. He is uh, for those who can't see in the podcast. Uh, Kyle is holding a windscreen. A pop pop filter. filter. Yeah, come on. Over the microphone. There's already
1: a windscreen on the mic. Yeah, sorry,
0: I was looking at the windscreen.
1: Check. Can pop. you can you pop. tell the difference? Pop. 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 Hey, you can. You can. Wow, that works. Okay, do it with. Pop.
0: Without. Pop.
1: It clips. It does. It clips a was, little bit. I even was that? afraid to do it without.
0: These audio people, they they know know what they're
1: doing well hey, anyways didn't so didn't so what's up man i'm assuming you're talking about your new side project horror film that you're shooting uh that i forgot to tell you has been derailed because uh, dave ramsey will no le- longer let us on his property um uh, but anyways back if that's to your, not what you're talking about Back to your question um yeah i'm assuming you mean he's talking about like like freelance doing freelance gigs. stuff yeah. um and how soon to be able to like promote that? Because um, you want to be careful not to like leverage maybe your role at the church for yeah. personal gain. I'm sure is why he's asking. Um But I I think that it goes along with it. I mean, helping people out. I know as when I started working at a church, a thousand years ago is what it seems like, but it wasn't that long ago. Uh, I just wanted to help people. I would say I wanted to help people however I could, and at first I didn't have a ton of stuff, a ton of responsibilities at the church to do. Mm-hmm. So I would, I would fill that time with trying to help other people doing everything they can and it, it worked out. And so, uh, I don't know. I think putting your, if you're getting paid by the church to do something, I think as long as that's taken care of and that's done well yeah. and you're yeah. not uh, stressing yourself out, I don't think there's any harm in promoting. No, especially
0: not if, I mean, it, I'm going to sound like a broken record, but it goes back to communication. Yeah. You know, when you were brought on, Hopefully there was a conversation that said, Hey, if the opportunity for side projects or freelance gigs come up, uh, what's your opinion on, on those? Yeah. And most of the times I've found in church organizations, maybe not in super massive churches, but most churches they're totally fine. Yeah. With with freelance gigs. The kind of the, the running phrase is as long as you keep your job the priority. Yeah. You know, as long as it you can it get
1: kind of sticky if uh, you're gonna use some of your church owned equipment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think, I mean, yeah,
0: like, I think it's just a conversation you can have now. The other way I kind of could read this, uh, question is maybe what he says, at what point do you believe it's okay to discuss a side project with church congregants? Um, and so one other way I could read this, if this maybe is at all what you were, you're thinking didn't, um, is the ethics of, of, like, well, I do this for the church, but Hey, I know you need a website. I could do that for you. Yeah. Um, you know, what, what's your take on that? Like just kind of the self promotion with people in the church to try to, to help.
1: I, I've had a little bit of not negative experience with it, but a lot of times you do something for your job and then someone needs help with something. And you're like, Oh yeah, I could help you with that. Yeah. And they, more or less a lot of times in my experiences assume that you're just going to do it for free <laughs> and, uh, which it's fine if you want to volunteer your time to do something for free. That's no big deal. But, um, I haven't had a ton of success in being like, well, yeah, it would, it would cost, it would cost this much. You yeah. Know? yeah, Um, and maybe that's just my personality, um, and the type of the specific type of work, you know, like whether it's like graphic design or, um, it seems like a lot of people, like for graphic design, for example, or website, for example, people would know that I would, I would be over that for the church. And so mm. they were like, I need this. Uh, how much do you think? They would always be like, how much would that cost? Like yeah. up front, like I'm willing to pay like 20 bucks or something. I'm like, well, you know, <laughs> you a know, website off the ground is a little bit more. And so they would, it would just end up crumble into pieces. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. Sometimes it's a hard conversation. I, you know, at some point in your freelance career, you're going to be fine with those conversations. Um, I think even in the church world, you're fine to say, well, this is what I would charge to do it. And, you know, you got to believe it wouldn't hinder a relationship uh, in the church. But I think, again, it just goes, even in that scenario, it goes to being clear and saying like, this is what I would charge. Maybe I'll cut you a deal of this, but you're just very clear Yeah. Off the top, it is.
1: I mean, you just gotta tread it lightly, and maybe just situation by situation. Because yeah. if you're you're a pastor of that church, and this is a, a member of the congregation is yeah. coming to you, and then you're saying you're charging them for something else, and yeah. then if you know if it goes sideways, then they're tying. They're even though that that's separate from the church, what you're doing, they're They'll tying it to them. their church yeah. experience.
0: Yeah, that that is true. So that's something you definitely. Definitely want to so be again, aware of. So again, Denton,
1: the, the movie shoot is off. Sorry, I forgot to tell you, but...
0: I hope you didn't fly to Nashville. Yeah. Whew. oh Please do
1: not. There's uh, really amped up security at the uh, the Ramsey compound.
0: Oh, man. Yeah, good job, Kyle. Good yeah. job. Well, uh, we've got one more question. And uh, Kyle, this one is... Uh, th- there's a lot packed into this question. And... Uh, So uh, we'll just do the best we can to answer it. This comes from Lauren Nicholas, and she says, sometimes the aftermath of a storm, and I think she's talking like maybe like either a personal storm or like a situation going on in a church. Metaphorical. Yeah, metaphorical storm. Sometimes the aftermath of a storm can look and feel like an actual storm, but it's really just the aftermath you have to be self-aware enough to know what season you're in. And if it's a storm, it's a storm. So you're in survival mode and you have different needs. But if it's just the aftermath of a storm and there's debris everywhere, you don't necessarily know where all the pieces to go. So sometimes it feels like even a gentle wind is, is a massive storm when really it's just the, the aftermath of the storm that was. So the question is, what's important to do in the aftermath so that you don't still operate as if you're in an actual storm?
1: Man. Yeah. That's a very long it's, question.
0: It's, well, it's long and it's a really deep. There's I really deep...
1: hope she's not talking about real storms. Yeah. And yeah. she was somehow mistaken and asked us. She's really needing to know. Yeah. Me too. Um, but no, I think, um, I mean, let me take a swing at it. Uh, what she's saying is, you know, during a storm, you're, you're trying to just do everything you can to keep it together, Yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, so when things, maybe it's a big event, maybe it's Christmas, maybe it's Easter. Uh, maybe you're, you're short on budget or, you know, you're short team members and it's just like everything it takes to pull it together for, uh, your event or your service. And, uh, just for a season maybe that's just a season or yeah. or one event or something like that um, I think what she what she's asking is how to not uh, make that the norm you know uh, don't make maintenance mode the yeah, norm yeah. and so I think you know during a storm uh, uh, an actual storm you know you batten down the hatches you just you maintain you just try to stay safe you try to do what you know how to do so that everything works correctly mm-hmm. right and I think the importance um for an aftermath after what do they do after storms is normally they come in and they rebuild. Yeah. They, they see what needs to be done and they start rebuilding. And so I think when, how that could rely or relay to us is in your life, in your ministry, um, whatever it may be, see what you could get better at, Mm -hmm. see what could prevent that from being that storm next time being such a disaster. Um, and build up yeah. those strengths, build up those qualities. Do you need a few more team members? Train up some new volunteers? Do you need to um, budget a little differently? Do you need to grow some of your leadership skills? And so I think you could uh, just look at some of those things to try to strengthen yourself, mm-hmm. strengthen your ministry, st- strengthen your team so the next storm won't be as devastating.
0: Yeah, I, I think that, I mean, that's exactly kind of what I think in, in the way I would go with this question, um, because I even think, you know, sometimes you feel it's a storm, even if it's a successful event or if yeah. it's, you know, everything could have gone without a hitch. But everyone it's just that's a, at the event is yeah. like, that was
1: amazing. And yeah. then the people behind the scenes. The, are yeah.
0: The stress, the, are the late hours, the next all day. that stuff. And, and, yeah. and everyone can come off that just, and they're emotionally drained and they're beaten down. And, and you know, you as the individual are beaten down. It is important to i think to immediately take stock of what you just went through and even if it was a successful event still ask the question how can how can what we do be better and not meaning more creative or pushing the buttons on time and all that. But I just mean like as a team, how can we be better so that it's not so stressful
1: next time? Yeah, it's, it's always wise to check your vulnerabilities. Yeah.
0: yeah. And, and cause it's just like, so like personal example, uh, Josh and I working at the district office. We, we come off our biggest event of the year at the end of April and we start camp three weeks later, our summer camp program. And because of scheduling and things like that, both with our large event and then activities out at our, uh, at camp facility we can't actually start doing staging until mm-hmm. until after the big event and so in the first of may so we're immediately put in this tight box well for the last 4 years it, we've gradually gone from being there the night uh, the night before camp at midnight finishing things to being there the saturday before camp finishing things to be there the Friday before camp finishing things and so we've slowly and surely tried to figure out how can we maximize our time to eliminate stress knowing what we experienced the last time we did this and i i think that's what's important when you go through a storm is knowing how can we how can we be better the next time this storm and you know as far as that how do you know if it's a storm or the aftermath I, sometimes that's hard to differentiate yeah. Um, because if you, if it is a difficult time, you're emotionally vulnerable, uh, you're probably a low energy and all that. And so I, I don't know, I don't really know what the answer is other than, uh, I feel like you, there would be some kind of a release,
1: you know? Yeah. And well, and I think it's important to realize, I know we're saying the word storm a lot and, but there's no way to prevent them ever, you know, like they are always going to happen at some point or another. Yeah. So yeah. all you can do is be ready, be the most prepared and um not be surprised when they come. Yeah. Not be surprised when something gets difficult or when something is um something is stretching you outside of your comfort zone. Yeah. And yeah. so um
0: and some of that you only learn through experience. And I mean this isn't necessarily storm related, but I uh I've been working for a couple months with someone who was trying to hang TVs in their lobby and get their video feed to their lobby, and and we were talking over the phone, and I mean he was like he ordered this and it didn't work, and he ordered this it didn't work, and so finally I was just like uh, I'm going to come out and I want to take a look at it, and it was it was the problem. There were two major issues. They were solved in less than ten minutes, and it was there were simple solutions. Not not trying to downplay what they were doing wrong, um, or, or build up what they were versus my ability to get it right. But it was simple solutions because I had done the same thing wrong time and time and time again. So I'd had the experience to where I just knew, okay, this is, I'm seeing this now and seeing this, we just need to do such and such. And I was telling the guy, you know, he kind of felt bad and everything's like, man, don't, you don't need to feel bad because you only learn this through experience. Yeah. He's never going to call me again and say, "Hey, this won't work," because he's going to remember how how to make it work. Yep. You know. So sometimes, even with the difficult things and storms, it's just if you're always willing to learn, the next time it comes,
1: be a quick learner.
0: Yeah, it'll be better. So, uh, Lauren, we we hope that somewhat helped um, and answered your question. If
1: you are needing help for a real storm, you might contact FEMA.
0: Yeah, yeah. I don't. Uh, we're not. We gonna are not be qualified. To a lot of help. Yeah.
1: To help you with any of that.
0: Yeah. All we can do is sit in a room. Not that <laughs> we're qualified
1: about what we just said, but. Yeah, but hey. It's the thought that counts, right? I could board up a window or something.
0: Yeah, yeah. But Lauren, we do hope that that, that somewhat answers your question. And, and if if you got a follow up, let us know. And and for everyone else who submitted a question, we hope that uh, we were at least able to provide a little bit of, of insight, uh, at least into yeah. our brains. Also,
1: Lauren, did you call us Sade on your on your phone call? Because it
0: sounded like it. it sounded
1: like it. Yeah. Please reply. I please, need to know.
0: Please reply. Um, well, well, Kyle, we need to get out of here. This has been our first ever Q&A episode where we've taken listener questions, so thank you for submitting those. And and as mentioned, we may throw out a couple more in future episodes. But Kyle, just real fast before we go, don't forget, registration is now open for the Create Initiative Film Festival. We are taking submissions until July the 8th, and the film festival will be July 23rd at Circle Cinema in Tulsa, and you can get all the information comes CreateInitiative.org. And uh, Kyle will be performing a human video, but he will not be entering a video.
1: Exactly. So I will be the video.
0: He will be the video live in person.
1: Live human LED screen.
0: Ooh, now we're getting somewhere.
1: Or as the British call it, lead screen.
0: Really? I don't know. I think so. Okay. Well, on that note, uh, Kyle, we better get out of here. And uh, thank you for listening to the Create Initiative podcast. Uh, we we love you for joining us on this journey, and uh, we hope we can at least provide a slight enjoyment uh, in your life as you listen. So thank you very much, and uh, we will see you next time. Brought you by Gap. Not really.